the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He is Ben Everell from the PGA Tour. As always, we are here to make 18 bets over 18 holes and try to help you figure out this week's AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Before we get going, a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game, get $200 for free. Benny, back, and I hope better than ever. We missed you last week. I did a little solo run on the pod, nine holes by myself. Did not like it. I'm glad you're back. Uh, thanks for having me, mate. As you can hear, a little bit hoarse still. That, that accent's not really coming through. Had a little bit of laryngitis or something of that effect so slowly getting there but uh excited to be back obviously and chat some more golf with you and see if we can't find some winners uh let me know i, I didn't even listen mate. did you get homer in any of those nine holes because let me like i'll tell you one thing i would have been all over jason day as you know he did okay didn't close for us um i would have had to mention ram i wasn't expecting the final round we saw from him wow. uh you know um and I probably should have talked Homer, but I don't know if I would have. Uh, look, he's just a beast in California, isn't he? And one thing that one thing I'll tell you, he's like, I don't know. I watched that old movie uh, recently when I say old, you know, probably what, 15 years old, that Russell Crowe when he did Cinderella Man. You remember that, the yeah. boxing movie? Yeah. Um, James Braddock, I think. And I think Homer's got a little bit of that in him in that he was near, he, you know, he had, a, he had a, to get to where he had to go. He had to hit the bottom. You know, he had adversity and he struggled. And then all of a sudden he realized that he is actually pretty good and off he went and he's off and running, you know, like, and it's the adversity and knowing the bottom end of things and being open to talking about it, even to a lot of people has helped him just become who he is already, you know, six wins now, four in California um, and just a closer. We have those. We talk about that sometimes guys who just know how to win when they get in that position. Um, it's a big skill to have. Um, there are plenty of guys who've had it and never don't just don't get in that position enough. But Homer's getting himself there enough to become a very, very big, big name on this tour. This stat blows my mind still. 21 career top 10 finishes. Six of them, 28.6% are victories. Uh, you're right. He has yeah. figured out how to close out tournaments. It's very impressive how he's done this. I don't think I mentioned him on the pod last week, but he was the third name that I had in my preview column. Going into the farmers, I listed them as a one and done play, but as I always say, a lot of my plays are sort of interchangeable. If I like them as a one and done, I like them as an outright, I like them as a top five. So, I mean, they all kind of work for different categories. So, you know, we're we weren't too far off on Homa. By the way, Benny, you're a transplanted Los Angelinos. (laughs) Am I saying that right? Uh, you live in LA, that's that's how it goes. Correct. Uh, what do you think of Max Homa's chances? For the U.S. Open this summer. Yeah, look, not only that, obviously, we've got the Genesis, Genesis Invitational, which he's already won before, yeah. um, coming up. I think he has to be um, highly considered, despite the fact that'll be, a, as usual, a stellar field and in, uh, what, three weeks' time. 
Um, and yeah, LACC, he has played it as a kid. He played it during his college career, etc. He's got some familiarity around the place. Um, you know, it's a long time till June and lots can happen. Uh, but not a surprise that he, if he is contending in that US Open. And I think that these sort of victories and what's he, what he's been able to do, because let's remember, you know, I, I understand that, you know, the, the, the young bloke leading had never won on the tour before, but he had to overtake John Rahm, who was coming off two straight wins and playing Tory Pines, where everyone expected he would come through and win on Saturday in that final round. And also Tony Finau, who was there in that group, those two were the ones who you thought might make that move. Uh, but Homer just went straight past them all, and and that's impressive. So I think the confidence from that will help him take that next step into the majors. And he's he's admitted he's learning. He has to sort of get his psyche right for those bigger tournaments. And with these new elevated events and whatnot, we've got sorry designated events this year. I think he'll get more practice at that as well. So yeah, I think we'll see him in the major scene a little bit better than he has been in the past. Though so that was a little bit of a loaded question. The reason I asked you is because. Uh, during the back nine of Tory Pines on Saturday evening, um, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure all of golf Twitter bet him for the U.S. Open. I I couldn't <laughs> look at my timeline without seeing three more people like, you know what? Start like this Homa guy for the U.S. Open this year. What do you think? Yeah. When yeah, even yeah. Jim Nance is signing off from the telecast, essentially trying to take our jobs, going, yeah. hey, you know what? <laughs> kind of like Max Homa for the U.S. Open this year. Look, I don't I don't think any of these people are wrong. I'm not disagreeing. I wrote yeah. an article about one and done picks at the beginning of the year where I gave three options for every tournament for the whole year. I have Max Homa listed as one of my options for the U.S. <laughs> Open. So I am certainly on board with all of this. At some point, though, the entire world is going to be on him. This is going to be a, a collective play for everybody out there. If he actually wins the U.S. Open, they might have to close <laughs> down some sports books. So hopefully Bet365, our sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> too hard all right let's get to our 18 holes for this week's AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am not the greatest field that we'll see all year but sometimes just makes it more fun looking for some long shots this week all right Benny playing 18 holes you are first on the first tee let it rip yeah look mate it's um yeah I I gotta be delicate obviously all of our events are very very special to us at the PGA Tour as you can imagine Um, but we certainly have don't have the depth in the field this week that we've had the last few weeks. Um, And with that being said, so I'm going to, despite the fact that we've had a few um, right out of the box winners in this tournament over the last few years, think uh, Ted Potter, Ted Potter Jr. Who took down, I believe uh, a couple of guys that don't play with us anymore. And Jason Day in their prime that, that year to to win this event. Um, I'm going to start with a a bit of a chalk winner, uh, a winner there as an amateur in Victor Hovland. I think that um, it's a ball striking week. Uh, the smallest greens on tour or close to it, you've got to be able to hit greens in regulation. You've got to be able to hit it close and then just make ra- randomly enough putts on the power. When we have power greens, the, the great putters don't always get as many putts in as they used to, which brings them back to the field a little and gives the guys who are not recognized as the best putters more chance. And that's why we've had, you know, it's, happens in California a bit where you get the likes of Adam Scott at Riviera, for example, always plays well at Riv, despite not being one of the greatest putters on tour throughout his career. Uh, I see Hovland as a chance to use his uh, gravitas and around Pebble in the area uh, to try to move up this leaderboard. Um, but as I said, bye beware, guys. Three courses, two of them at Pebble, 
six hour rounds. You and I talked about this a bit last year, but it's a strokes gained patience week this yeah. week. If you don't have yeah, the right, if you do not have the right mindset, if you're getting frustrated with the 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 celebrity comedian or whatever that's in your group that's you know having a seven and still trying to make his part, um, you're in for a really rough week. So you've got to be able to put it all into that, get all your head right, take your time, be patient, and still produce your great ball striking week. Um, that being said, I'm starting with Chalk with Hovland as the potential. Yeah. Winner. So he's one of three players that are top 20 in the world that are playing this week alongside Jordan Spieth and Matt Fitzpatrick. Those two are, uh, by and large, the co-favorites in most books this week. Uh, Hovland just a, a little bit behind him, a point or two behind them. But those guys are the card killers for me. Uh, look, uh, if I'm going to go down swinging, I'm going to go down swinging with players who are uh, longer odds than those three. And I'm essentially not that I want to fade them necessarily because any of those three guys can win. Quite frankly, if you gave no, bad me numbers, they're bad numbers. So it's three, good. Yeah. Yeah. You give me those three against the board. I might go with a Hovland Spieth Fitzpatrick winner against all these other players. So uh, that could make everything I'm about to say here. Uh, null and void, make it moot, uh, trying to find some other guys that all of that said, I'm going to try to do it. I, I am going to um, skip over those top three on the board and hope that we just find a Ted Potter, Vaughn Taylor, Nick Taylor, a uh, guy like that in the mix um, and, and try to find one of these guys. So I'm going to start second hole with a long shot, as I always do. Uh, this guy's number is floating all over the place. Bet365 actually has him at a nice number, which is 125 to one. Some other books I've seen him as low as 70, 75 to one. Callum Tarrant is a guy that I've started to really oh, like. Yep. At this point last year, he had exactly zero FedEx Cup points. He was mired <laughs> in a run where he missed the cut in eight straight events. He just, he was a blip on the radar. Who, if you had even thought about him at that point, you would have looked at and said, well, he got one year on the tour at least. And now, poof, there he goes. And he, vanishes into thin air and plays some other tours and we never hear from him again except over the course of the summer he posted three top 10 finishes contended for a couple days at the u.s open wound up having a runner-up finish in the fall part of the schedule played well at farmers last week which got me thinking i i was a little worried a little concerned that maybe he just he's an englishman he had never played too much on the west coast maybe poana greens were a little too much for him to to learn at this point in his career but Played pretty well at Torrey Pine, so I will take a shot at a really big number on a good wedge player. There are a whole lot of 100 to 125-yard wedge shots this week, Callum Tarrant. Yeah, look, I like that. I didn't get deep enough to to pick out that name. Um, yeah, side note on my first pick on Hobland, like if he doesn't hit greens, trouble, even though he's improved his wedge game and whatnot. Yeah. But if if you don't get up and down at Pebble, just forget it. You're done. You know, you've uh, sorry at all three courses in Pebble, but you you know this is a one where you've got to hit the small greens and you've got to make reasonable amount, amounts of putts. But if you don't, you can't make the mistakes. You know, you yep. there have been the odd winner, including Tom Hoagie uh, last year. You got away with a double bogey in the final round where you can make a mistake and still survive. But you have had you have to have given yourself a bank, you know, to do that, and that's what Tom had done. And so speaking of that. I'm going to go off. I saw one of the bet boosts with Bet Three Six Five. I'm going to I'm going to lock in here. Bet boost the defending champion Tom Hoagie. It's a two leg parlay. You get uh, 
plus 2175, so just under 22 to 1. For Hoagie and Nick Taylor, a pair of former champions to be top 10 this week. So both have to finish in the top 10. I like them as top 10 options this week. Um, I, you know, individual number is a little bit like, eh, do I really want to, you know, am I getting that excited? No, I'll put the two of them together and see if they can't get the double. Um, and anyone that I'm picking, by the way, this week that is not in my win column, if you want to have a splash at them across the board and get them in the win column, this is a week for that. As you mentioned, there's going to be longer odds for guys. It really is anyone's game. So much luck is involved with all the, as we said before, the six-hour rounds, the weather, when it's windy, if you're on the coast, if you're not on the coast, when it isn't, you know, if there is a little bit of rain, if something comes up, all these things come into the factors, you know, what day you're on what course. So don't be afraid to have small outlays on big numbers across any of these guys for your outright play. But, um, yeah, a couple of former champs, Hoagie and Nick Taylor for me. There was a, a bet boost, bet 365. Uh, parlayed together for top 10, almost 22 to 1. Funny you mentioned them together. I was just doing a little bit of research. In both 2020, when Nick Taylor won, and last year when Tom Hoagie won, each of them were first-round leaders. This this is an event seemingly on three different golf courses where you say, okay, you know what? I'm going to save some of the bankroll. I'm going to wait. I'm going to pick up some guys who are – I can find a guy at the midway point who's in 53rd place and then maybe plays pebble twice, goes – 64 63 on the weekend and wins the golf tournament that has not been the case over the last four years like i said the two of them were first round leaders the other two winners over the last four years they were 11th or better after the first round so you almost need to look at guys that that's like a masters type stat that's like a u.s open type stat like you've got to race out to a hot start and then just play heisman for the rest of the week seems like a weird event for that to be happening but you can't argue with recent history. So uh, let's get to hole number four, where I'm going with my one of my favorite plays, guy that I take way too much, but I still have a ton of confidence in him. I am probably more bullish on him in relation to the public than I am on anybody else, but I still think that Keith Mitchell has a lot of good things brewing. And this week, you mentioned strokes gain patience. I'm going to give you another one. How about, Benny? Strokes gained camaraderie strokes gains teammate (laughs) Teammate. and what i mean by this sort of in the same vein that we'd seen and they're still active players but over the years brant snedeker kevin streelman have played really well at this golf tournament those guys are guys who who like being in that team aspect who like playing with somebody like instead of uh six hour rounds and i got this amateur with me who's gonna make bogeys and man this is gonna be stupid it's like Oh, cool. I got my buddy with me and we're going to have a good time playing golf together. The weather's great. It's just, it's all about the attitude. Last yeah. year, Keith Mitchell played with Buffalo Bills quarterback, Josh Allen finished in 12th place. They had a brilliant time. Allen is in the field. Once again, I haven't yeah. seen the pairings yet. I don't know if you have Benny from the tour, but I'm going to assume that Mitchell and Allen are playing together once again. Well, they have a, they have a pairings party and it's not rigged. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're together again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, the only so, reason it wouldn't be is if for some reason they didn't like each other and you're suggesting they did. So yeah. I, I know they had a good time unless some CEO of a company that we've never heard of before goes, I want Keith Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, I think they're playing together. And I think that Mitchell thrives in that sort of yeah. partnered capacity, that environment. I've got him for a top five this week at plus 750. 
All right, well, I have Mitchell here, so I'm going to bring him in for the fifth hole. He's in my top 20 plus 200. Uh, sorry, it's an easy way to potentially double your money. Uh, all the good things you said, exactly what you said. He he is prepared to be there, and if it is six hours, it doesn't bother him. He's enjoying who he's playing with. Um, he is one of the names in the field that even if he was playing terribly of late, which he's not, he's just being you know fair to middling, depending on uh, what you expect from him. Uh, but he's a name that can absolutely, you know, drop a huge win any week, especially uh, against a field where, you know, we don't have countless top 50 players in the world. So um, I had him slated there as sort of a nice little plus 200 number for top 20, Keith Mitchell. Okay. I like that. Uh, six hole. Two weeks ago, Benny, I was convinced. I, I knew that Andrew Putnam was going to win the American Express. He finished in 36th place. I, I I was so close. Just 35 spots away from yeah. cashing all those big tickets. In any case, I still am chasing Putnam on the West Coast. I think he's a very good player. He was one of the 54-hole co-leaders here a year ago, but maybe was not quite fully healthy at that point, uh, playing some good golf now. The week before the Amex wound up finishing in fourth place at the Sony, that might have taken away a little of his luster for uh, being out in Palm Desert, but I'll go top 10 this week on Andrew Putnam, plus 275, a very good putter as Alfonso Ribeiro, who's playing in the field this week. He was on Hitting the Green with us, our Sirius XM radio show a couple weeks ago, and uh, I believe he mentioned, oh, no, actually, maybe it was Michael Waltrip. We had a couple celebs on that. I, I get all my celebs mixed up, Benny. I talked to so many of them out there. This is at the LPGA opener, but for whatever reason, he mentioned Putnam's name. He goes, yeah, he's really Putnam well. Eh? Eh? <laughs> so, yeah, it was, there are crickets after that but i'll spill the line anyway oh i love it well um he is here in my card to talk about later on let's just say that okay i like uh, it so i'll come back to that man a little later on uh so now i need to go to the seventh hole let's go with my top five play because that's where you just hit it you had a top five play there right I went top 10 on Putnam. I top five on Mitchell. I'm going to give you a top five here um, on a guy who I think uh, those who follow the tour a lot and religiously and, and remember uh, this tournament last year will remember this gentleman was started very well and looked to the goods for a majority of this tournament before having a little bit of a, let's say, a Stevie stumble down the uh, down the uh, back nine and, you know, ended up finishing, I think, T9? was leading by five at the midway point though and my top five play is Seamus Power. Seamus Power at plus 550 a top five play. Um, look he won in Bermuda as we know a few months back uh, around the world he's had a couple of top tens and top 20s since and, and as I said it's really about last year for me. I feel like he's the type of guy that knows he can play well here and knows he can contend here and will feel like he has a little unfinished business here so with that in mind and and proving that he could handle, you know, for the most part, what's going on all around him at Pebble and the other courses, I think that power is a is a decent chance and also, you know, across the board really. But I've got him slated here, top five, plus five fifty. Well, Benny, you said you would mention Andrew Putnam later in the pod. I will mention Seamus Power <laughs> later on in the pod. Hint, 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 hint right there. Okay. Uh, it's the eighth hole. There are certain things I really like about an event like this where Hey, look, there aren't a whole lot of superstars. We can take some chances. There are also a whole lot of things I don't like about this event, most of which 
are the odds? You're trying to find some decent odds on some, okay, further down the list players, let's say. I mean, when Alex Smalley is 45 to one outright, it's like, <laughs> oh boy, this is getting a little ugly. Nothing, no offense to Smalley, whose game I really like, but apparently so does everyone else this week. And a lot of people are jumping on Smalley. That's why his number is so short. Uh, there are a lot of players who have never even really sniffed winning a PGA Tour event whose numbers are much shorter than they usually are on a regular basis just because of the competition this week. So all of that said, I'm looking for some top 20 plays, but Benny, I don't want top 20s that are even money. I don't want top 20s that are plus 150. I want top 20s with a little bite to them. So I got to go pretty far down the list. I found two guys that I do like. One, a former champion at Pebble Beach, a guy that does play this golf course well, showed some signs of returning at Torrey Pines last week, and that's Jimmy Walker. Ooh, That's one of my top 20s. The other one, if I had to ask you, the PGA Tour rookie, there's a PGA Tour rookie who leads this season in strokes gained putting. Leads this season, and he's a rookie. Oh, it's not Denny McCarthy, because that's too obvious, and he's not a rookie. I mean, the obvious um, one is a rookie. I didn't mean to put you on the spot since you're not even going to give me a guess. But well, no, Taylor, Mon- Taylor Montgomery, Taylor, Taylor Montgomery, Montgomery would be the one go. that you would that if I mean, him, he's rookie of the year. Yes. But I feel like you're setting me up to say that it's not him. So correct, that's exactly. Oh, what I'm doing. He's not even playing this week. But Taylor Montgomery's been one of the best putters on the PGA Tour. Yeah. The number one putter, strokes gained putting, is a rookie named Harry Hall. Who oh, plays I did his, notice. Yes, plays his golf out in Vegas. Yes, uh, native of England originally. Um, I'm taking him for a top 20 this week as well. Both he and Walker are at five to one plus 500. Again, oh, big numbers. I'm looking at big numbers yeah. for top 20s, but why not? Let's take a chance. Deals aren't great. I'm gonna give it a shot. All right, speaking of taking a chance, I'm pulling this one from absolute left field. Mm-hmm. Missed his last four cuts that he's played. He's only played four times this year. Missed the cut in all of them. Three cuts in his last 20 starts he's made. Uh, top 40 uh, plus 375 to 400, depending on where you look. Uh, but I'm literally going off basically one stat. Strokes gained approach and more importantly, proximity to hole where he is in the top 10, both from the fairway and from the rough. Um, the problem has been for this gentleman, and this is Sung Kang we're talking about, by the way, Sung Kang. The problem for Sung Kang so far this season and, and uh, elsewhere has been he has, has a blow-up number in his rounds. He's just going, he's like hitting great shots, hitting great shots. It's funny. It's almost like a professional version of, say, you or me, you know, who's able to make a couple of par, par, birdie, pretty seven, you know, <laughs> like it's just like right. ridiculous that this is happening to him. Um, but because of the small greens, because of everything that's going on, and perhaps everything's slowing down and whatnot, and being in his own world, I'm going to look for a big number, like you said. The fact that he just sprung up on the stats that I was looking at that were important this week, you know, I thought, oh, why not? If you're looking for an absolute flyer, um, you know, don't put the house on it, that's for sure. But, you know, there's a little little sneaky unit or two chance there for Sung Kang to come from nowhere, given that he has played like absolute, you know what, in the last... Yep. Uh, few months yeah all right well that's the front nine right there benny uh of course the ninth hole doesn't come back to the clubhouse at pebble beach so why don't you run back over to the tap room while <laughs> i uh do this sponsor read right here one more reminder that the links and locks podcast is proudly presented by bet 365 the world's favorite sportsbook brand 
Sign up with promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game. Get $200 for free. We get to the back nine, 10th hole. And you know what? First-round leader bets are a complete mess once again <laughs> this week. We're past it. After this week, we're playing one course. We can figure these things out. But once again this week, for the third straight week, multiple courses. It depends on what your book provides. We don't have tea times the time of uh, recording this podcast Monday evening, so we can't even break it down by course if that's a possibility. But I have looked over the odds available at Bet365 and found – they list leader after round two, which is kind of like first round leader, except it's second round leader. I'm okay with that. I, I like the option there. I am going with a guy who last year started with a 70, started with a 70 in Monterey Peninsula Country Club, but then posted 65s at Spyglass and Pebble. We know he can go low. In fact, I was looking it up. I think he was the first round leader back in 2018 as well. Bo Hostler is no stranger to playing some good golf out in his native California. 70 to 1, plus 7,000 for Bo Hostler to be leader after round two. Look, I, I like a, a little play for full tournaments. I like a little play for, I don't know, top 10s, top 20s, some props, but leader after round two. I, I feel like that's a nice play on Hostler. We know he can go low here. I'm giggling, mate. We, as we always say, we don't do any prep where we talk to each other prior to this thing. Um, you know, we do our own previews for our respective outlets, et cetera, in the betting field. And and I make a point not to, um, you know, look at anybody else's while I'm doing my own research. I don't want to be biased or misled by others. Uh, but Bo Hostler is my top 10 play this week. So for the 11th right. hole, I'll slide him in there. Um, plus 550, uh, I have Hostler. Look, um, not exactly what I was expecting from him with the putter last week. I thought he might be a good... He was one of the ones I would have spoken about ahead mm -hmm. of Tory, and he didn't do so great, but he's striking the ball, um, you know, really nicely. And he generally usually putts pretty be much better than he did last week. So I guess I'm taking a flyer that last week was a bit of an anomaly on those power greens and these power greens this week will be better for him. I think I see just see value there at the, I think it was about 550 um, for him to be in the top 10 uh, has shown a plum here before. So Yes, I have to, sadly, have to keep agreeing with you sometimes, but I have to agree with you this one on Bo Hostler. I'll, I'll slot him in the 11th hole. He is one of the game's better putters, one of the PGA Tour's yeah. better putters, statistically, over the last couple of seasons. All right, uh, matchups, again, another one. Not listed yet, but I'm going to take a couple of guys at a specific number and take them over some other guys at the same number. So hopefully you can find these matchups in your book uh, once they start pouring them out, but two players I like in the 70 to 75 to one range. One, Eric Van Royen. I was very impressed with Van Royen a couple weeks ago at the American Express. American Express Finished yep. the chair of sixth place. Last year, he had 21 worldwide starts, only two top tens. He missed the cut nearly as many times as he made the cut. Um, I, I believe that his first child last year. Look, uh, not everyone is Max Homa. Not everyone makes fatherhood <laughs> look as easy as he has on the golf course. And so sometimes it's like, Hey, there's an adjustment period. I've got to figure out like, is the family with me? They not with me. What am I doing? I'm trying to be a good dad. I'm trying to play golf. I have no idea. I have no insight as to whether EVR has gone through this, but the game struggled last year. It looks like he's back. And I think he's uh, 
he's a world-class talent when he's playing his best golf. So I think uh, it's time to um, probably play Van Royen until the odds makers start figuring out that yeah. his game is indeed back. And another guy around that number that I like is Nick Hardy, just good young player, ball striker. We're going to get some cold, wet conditions. Give me guys that grew up in these conditions. Hardy is a guy who uh, uh, is an Illinois guy, played at the University of Illinois. Uh, I like him this week. And so if I'm giving you matchups, well, I've got to give you some guys on the other side of that that I don't like as much. Similar numbers for players like Kevin Kisner, who's going through a whole bunch of changes in his game right now. Ryan Palmer, he's played well at Pebble in the past, but fell apart a little bit on the weekend. Russell Knox, I'm just sort of meh on. You know, I don't really have much of a feeling. And Robbie Shelton, uh, another guy that okay, could play some decent golf, but I really rate EVR and Hardy higher than them. I'll take them in any matchups. Okay. You've made me move another one around because you just threw out a name that I do have down for my long shot option this week. Okay. I like the two you said, but in that same vein, that 7,500 area, fourth in proximity on the tour, Rusty Russell Knox. Yeah. Wind, if there's wind, he excels in wind, but he's also shown that it doesn't need to be windy. He's four for five, making the cut since 2018. He's had a T7, three top 15s. Uh, he's nine for 10, making the cut this year, not without really threatening. Um, but it all comes down to me. It's funny, it's the things that stick with you, that the year that he went close, the year that he had that T7 was, he, he got screwed by ruling, essentially. The ball moving, you know, he was getting set up in a fairway, put the club down the ball moved a little bit and they went and they, they talked to him about it. And he said, I didn't make it move. So they didn't penalize him. And then they came and found him a hole and a half later and they did penalize him. And it was a whole big kerfuffle. It was the sort of thing that just knocks you off kilter in the middle of a round um, and takes away any chance he really had. And now it's one of those rules that they've changed since, and it wouldn't have been a penalty. It's all this sort of stuff, chaotic stuff um, sticks in my mind. So I feel like he's another one of those guys that has a little bit of a like chip on his shoulder when it comes to this tournament and could potentially do something. But again, this is a long shot play. Um, it's not a house, put the house on a play. It's just a little number there that I'm thinking those 40s, 20s, 10s. And if you want to put a small unit or two on going the whole way, um, why not? The results of Pebble aren't too bad. I'm looking at them now, 33rd or better in, yeah. was it, six of his nine starts. But yeah, uh, looking at form, he makes cuts. That part yeah. of it's pretty good. He doesn't miss too many of them, but hasn't posted a top 20 since uh, last year at Colonial, Charles Schwab Challenge, which was uh, back in May of last year. So it's been a while since he... But how many, uh, how many I'll, I'll counter know. that with this, and I don't even know the answer, but how many cuts do you reckon Ted Potter Jr. had made before he won? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that it's just one of those weeks. That's, no, why look, I, 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 That's why I'm throwing That's why I'm throwing this, guys. Like... I, I could be so far wrong this week. It'll be laughable when we talk again next week. You know, like, which, by the way, we got, we're going to be in person, right? Together next week, Phoenix. In person in Phoenix next week. Yeah, we should we should do this, like, on the 16th or 17th hole, probably. Anyway, um, yeah, I think we'll probably, we might end up just giggling at how bad our choices were. But we could also, because of the fact that it's, that anything can happen this week, you know, we could be like, see, I told you. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, no, I was just kind of like, that, that was me researching out loud while I was looking up the knock <laughs> statistics. That wasn't me knocking your pick. Look, uh, if you're going to take a long shot here this week, I don't really mind anybody. Uh, take your shot on on some long shots and see what happens. All right, 14th hole. Uh, of course, Bet365 has these 
uh, player market bets where you can bet on a player to finish essentially over or under on the leaderboard, a certain number. I'm looking at a guy that I believe you mentioned earlier, a player with a couple of top fives here over the last three years. Maverick McNeely plays some really good <laughs> golf on some shorter golf courses. He is listed this week at 23rd or better. Now, all of these bets at Bet365 are minus 120, so you're giving up a little juice there, but 23rd or better, uh, that feels like a decent one to jump on Matt McNeely this week. It's the exact bet that I've got. I looked at the same market, looking to pick a player. Um, look, I, I believe, and I could be wrong, it might not have been on the pod, but it was definitely somewhere last year. He was my pick to win this tournament uh, last year. I went sort of all in on him, um, thinking that he could get you know break the ducks, uh, so or break the the drought and and win for the first time uh, in California near where near where things have happened for him and growing up. He's had the runner up in twenty one. I think he was fifth, as you said, in twenty twenty. He's he's had some decent form this year. Um, maybe five top twenties by now already this season. Uh, but what holds holds me back from what I was sort of more gung ho last year is it just hasn't shown uh, under the gun the closing ability that I would have liked to see. Right. So I just, I just wasn't prepared to say, yes, he'll win again. Um, mm -hmm. I am prepared to say he should finish in the top 23 without much trouble. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I saw that as the the standout option in those minus one twenty markets from bet three, six, five. 16th hole. Look, I've got nothing better to do other than just list a few more long shots. And uh, again, long shots are pretty tough this week. Just it, you, you feel like it's a week to jump on some of these guys. And yet you start looking down the list and you're like, even the longer shots are shorter odds. And so it, yeah. it's really sort of this weird juxtaposition, three more names just to make some sort of investment in this week. SH Kim, who's 80 to one, Justin saw 90 to one, Joseph Bramlett, 110 to one. Again, are those my favorite plays on the board? No. Am I looking for just, a few guys there with a little bit of value. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. It's a fun week to like literally, you know, don't put your entire bankroll out there this week, right? That would be my advice. But it's a super fun week to literally put a, a unit or two on 10, 15 random 100 to 1 yeah. plus guys and then just yeah. have some fun watching, right? Like it's like, oh, I've got 10 $1 bets or whatever out on these guys that most people have never heard of and have a bit of fun watching them, seeing if they, you know, get off to a good start or get something happening. So um, that's definitely where you could find some entertainment value this week, uh, I would say. And um, all right, taking me to my outright winner, as I said, oh, look, I'd love to say, and I could just say Jordan Spieth, he's won ever four. He's the top guy in the field. He's, you know, been second a few times, third a few times. I don't think he's ever missed the cut 10 for 10. Um, you know, I think playing there, he's third all-time earnings in this tournament. He's an AT&T guy. You know, there's a million reasons you can say Spieth's the man. He probably should have won last year, but he let Hoagie, you know, come down the stretch and beat him. Um, it, it, but it's just, I don't know, 900, 10, you know, 1,000, 1,100 just doesn't do it for me when there's so many variables. So right. Uh, right. I'm going to double right. that out to our man that we spoke of earlier. I'm going to say Putnam at 22-ish. 2200, I think you can see him around the place. Uh, just puts the dots off it. You know, you're going to need someone who does that. He's, his ball strike striking is good enough. And I think he was sixth last year at uh, Pebble, yeah. I wrote down. So he's had a, yeah, he was fourth at Wileye recently. Um, you know, probably could have done a little better there closing as well. But 
based on the numbers, based on the fact I can get double the odds and and with all the variables, I like him. Uh, I think that's sort of a better value play, if you will. Um, you know, if Jordan Smith goes and shoots 65 the first day, he'll be three plus 300 for the rest of the tournament, but so be it. 18th hole, you and I have essentially made the same bets here. Uh, a player at 22 to one, a player who has nice recent form has contended pretty recently and a player who was in it at this event last year, didn't get it done in the final round, except yours is Putnam. Mine is Seamus power. <laughs> he fits go. all the same boxes as Putnam does. He is 22 to one. I saw in one book, not bet three, six, five, but I saw he was, I think he started at 28 to one. And by the end of the day, he was bet down to 19 to one. So Wow. Uh, there is a lot of love in the marketplace right now for Seamus Power. Looking at the weather, it's barely going to break 60 this week. Just Ooh. your usual pebble beach, cold, damp, a little wind coming through. It's going to be beautiful, I'm sure. It's going to look really nice on TV, but these guys are going to have to bundle up a little bit. I don't mind taking an Irishman and an Irishman with some motivation. Seamus Power, look, there aren't a whole lot of Ryder Cups left for this guy that he could make. He's 35 years old, sort of a late bloomer. I know he hasn't been on the PGA Tour that long, but uh, this is a guy who is not a 25-year-old. He's a 35-year-old, and so uh, mature beyond his um, beyond his playing years, I guess, so to speak, and a guy that's really come into his own. So, again, uh, he's shown the ability to win. He's done it twice on the PGA Tour already. I am looking for very much like Max Homa, who won one in the fall and then, Added one here in the beginning part of the year. I'm looking for Seamus Power to do the same at the same number as Putnam. I'm looking at here, mate, for you. It looks like it was Caesars that opened him at 28 and got absolutely smashed. Yeah. Uh, he's down to 16 with them. 16. Wow. wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just huh. looking up. The that that just happened to coincide with when my preview came out earlier today. Huh? <laughs> so well done. Well done. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 22 is, as you said, bet 365. DraftKings saw him drop as low as 19 at one point after opening, but he's got back up to 22. Okay. Uh, yeah, and the others are around that mark. So um, definitely um, look in there with bet 365, as we said, or if you're not in one of those states in the US uh, and DraftKings is probably your place. Um, yeah, but what about that? Caesars just getting absolutely smashed. Someone there, someone went and put some cash on there. That I can Very easy to see when you start looking at those. I know you've got the numbers there, but... To see which players have been moving the most. I Alex Smalley looks like a guy. I, yeah, I mentioned him earlier because I think he opened it 70, 75 to one in some books. And uh, I just saw him at 45 to one somewhere. Let me see what I can pull up for you, mate. Let's see with some small. Yeah, 45 is what these is his uh, average right now. 65 opening for almost everyone. Yeah. So they, and he's, yeah, he's been smashed down from every single spot as low as 45 now across the board. So, um, yeah, there must be some love for him. Now, look, you know, that there's something to be said for that. Um, uh, but you know, whether or not it's the herd mentality or whether or not there's a sharp out there that knows something we don't, we haven't worked out yet. So, um, good insight there from the early stages. Um, now remember, uh, oh, help me out here. Who did we just have? Sam Ryder, right? Sam Ryder that Correct. had a chance to win. Like he literally opened at 350 to one on Monday and was immediately put down. Somebody got on him early. And brought him down to like two two twenty two hundred, and then he made an eagle in his very first hole, and was one hundred and eighty, and went from there. So, um, yeah, it, it does it does behoove you guys if you're going to be sort of regular entertainment betters on the tour to to be ready when those Monday markets hit to to you know 
small units at least. You know, if you is there someone that you ahead of time feel like you you might want to be on, it's a good chance to to sort of be there and be part of that crew that jumps on a number early. And speaking of that herd mentality, I'm not sure there was a public win uh, like the Max Homa victory that we've seen in a while because <laughs> there was a whole lot of back padding on social media the other day. I, I've never quite understood that. But I guess, hey, look, uh, you, you got a winning ticket. You want to tell everyone about it. You want to gloat on social media. Hey, look at me. I won some money. Go ahead. That's what it's there for. Yeah, really tell us. Thing. I don't love it, but hey, <laughs> you guys want to all do it. I'm totally fine with anybody else out there doing it i'm so absolutely fine with everyone telling me mate because like i gotta live vicariously through them when you're at the tour for those who i've said this before but you know i can't actually go out there and put my hard earned on on these guys because i know a little bit too much sometimes it's integrity mm-hmm. uh, so scenario at the tour um so i love living vicariously through jason here and everyone else uh i give you my input i give you my information and let you guys become the ones uh, making the big money. Otherwise, I wouldn't need a job, right? I'd just be rich because I have so much information. <laughs> of course. Of course. That's how that all works. So thanks to everybody <laughs> out there for listening to this edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast. As always, you can find this podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast every single week during the entire PGA Tour season. Subscribe, rate, listen, download every single week. For Ben Everall, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all your bets for this week's AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Here's over you to the green. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.